Boom, put boom, boom, A side, B side, what side are you on? Hey, welcome back to another episode of A side, B side podcast. What's up, Adam? I am doing well. How are you, Brooke? I am feeling fabulous and like refreshed and revitalized, rejuvenated. Had a quick, and when I say quick, I do mean quick. Uh, had a quick vacation. Uh, went to the Caribbean, to the U.S. Virgin Islands for um, just a quick like weekend trip. Um, and gosh, it was so beautiful. It's a good reminder that the world is really a big like like. We feel like it's so small because we get in our little towns and our little cities, and our little areas, and we're just like, this is it, this is it, this is it. And then like when you travel, you get to remember there's a, an entire world out there. A lot bigger than uh, your current, you know, like the, what's your, your little bubble? Your little bubble. That's what I'm going for. Thank yeah. you for finding the words that my brain could not. <laughs> yeah. It's much bigger than your little bubble. Yeah. <laughs> So um, it was a good time. It's beautiful. I highly recommend it. You should go whenever you can go. You do have to have a negative COVID test. Vaccine wasn't really an issue. So whether you're vaccinated or not, that's up to you. But you do have to have a negative COVID test within five days of your travel. Even if you've got the vaccine? Even if you've got the vaccine. Cool. Wow. Mm -hmm. Nice. And they're very big on masks at the airport. Um, Very strict. And on the island itself, islands they're very strict so if you are planning to go there do plan to wear your mask i mean you are visiting someone else's country it's like going to somebody's home and being like and their rule is like take your shoes off and you're like i'm not taking my shoes off <laughs> look at me wearing off. my shoes yeah yeah take your shoes off you're in somebody else's house so you're in somebody else's country wear your mask i remember when i was a kid i visited a friend's house and we always took our sh- shoes off at home so i didn't even think anything about it and i just walked to their house and took my shoes off and like no one said anything to me but then my friend like the next day was like why do you take your shoes off all the time man <laughs> it's really weird <laughs> I, I i do that so too. it goes both ways it goes both ways you're like no know what the rules are right right i do that too though because i i don't wear my shoes in my house so like when i go to other people's house i'm like i, you, I don't i don't take my shoes off oh okay okay <laughs> it's weird <laughs> i i feel like i'm like on you know like it's not i'm not in true relax mode until the shoes are off yeah yeah i agree with you i agree with you so uh i haven't really watched anything this week i did just finish the latest um handmaid's tale and oh boy it was a doozy of an episode but um i know loki comes out soon yeah next next month june 9th i think oh not far so we're like less than a month out which is pretty exciting. And they've done some more teaser stuff with some of the series and they've done a bunch with uh, Black Widow. They've got some new stuff out for that. And the new uh, Venom 2, the Let There Be Carnage oh, yeah. uh, trailer came out that, this week. And I, I've been making up for uh, you not watching anything by watching a ton of stuff. which which is really weird because i've worked this last week i worked probably the most hours i've worked almost since like last july Mm -hmm. in one week it's been beautiful up here we've had the patio open uh it's been like 50s 60s low 70s all the time sun out so i don't know where i'm getting all this extra time but uh i binged an entire series in the last three days wow um, I don't know if you've heard uh, this new Netflix series called Shadow and Bone. Yeah, is that good? 
I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I was alternating Shadow and Bone and the Irregulars because they're two kind of similar but different. And then I just got hooked on Shadow and Bone and like binged the entire thing. And then last night I was like, it's only eight episodes. So I, last night I was on episode six and I was like, okay, I'm just going to watch one. And then I ended up watching, you know, seven and eight. And I'm like, well, this happened because I've now binged an entire series in three days. So uh, I really enjoyed it. I then went and started doing what I do with the black holes and started looking up information. And I bought one of the books on Amazon and it's arriving tomorrow because uh, it's based off of a book series uh, as many of these often are. And then I found out that the TV series is actually a, a combination of two different book series by the same author set in the same world. Uh, and the characters that I really like are in the other book series. So now I have more books to buy. Okay. So, yeah, but it's it's really good. It's a fun watch. It's got, you know, a little bit of, you know, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, you know, that style to it. Uh, there's also a lot more. It's definitely, like, at first I thought it was going to be more like, you know, Harry Potter, like, young adult fiction. But it's, it's intense. Uh, it gets pretty violent at some points. It deals with some very ser- um, mature themes. Uh, and it's really well done. And evidently... Uh, it is like right now it has so many downloads on Netflix that they're calling it like a hit on the level of like Stranger Things. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So to... we'll, we'll see if it gets to that point. Because Stranger Things, like people who are like Stranger Things became so big that it bypassed genre. Like it wasn't, yeah. it was like Harry Potter big. Like everybody knew what Stranger Things was, even if you weren't into it. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not sure this one's going to make it quite to that, but it's definitely seems like they got a hit. Well, I'll have to give it a I'll have to give it a look see. And then I also like I was watching Irregulars, uh, which is the uh, one set at the time of Sherlock Holmes, but also dealing with uh, sort of like demons and angels and like you know occult stuff. And then there's this other show. I don't know if you've seen uh, the previous one. I haven't watched it yet, but it's on HBO Max called the the Nevers. Well, it seems like a lot of these are like kind of all this old fantasy mystical, you know, theme right now is is really hot after, you know, maybe it was Game of Thrones influenced or what, but it seems like there's a lot of options like that. I have heard of the Nevers. I haven't seen it. I thought you were going to talk about there's something like the mayor, Westwood, Westworld mayor or something like that. I thought that's the one you were going to mention because I keep oh, hearing yeah. about that one. Yeah, it could be. Definitely could be another one. It seems like yeah, you know, like I said, like every week there's something, some new series, which is great. I need that because who needs sleep? Sleep silly. Uh, also, <laughs> I discovered this week, which is probably like, I'm the one of the few people on earth that is super excited about this level of data analysis, but you can go to your Netflix account and actually download your entire watch history into an Excel spreadsheet. And why would you do this? I know everyone else is saying that, but I'm super excited about it because now I can go through and I can actually tell how many times I've watched various series all the way through. Uh, So I am in the process of taking uh, the entire, so my history goes all the way back to 2008 and uh, I can actually see how many different and it's interesting because if they don't have the or they don't have rights to it anymore the the name of the episode or the name of the episode is gone so it's just like two dots oh wow like 
you see, okay, you watch this on September 8th of 2008. And my brain is like, oh, I kind of remember that. And then like, it goes in like, it's, it's like time travel for me. It's super exciting. Can you see it without downloading it or you actually have to download it first? So you can see like, it'll give you like your most recent stuff. Mm-hmm. If you just go to netflix.com slash viewing activity and you're logged in, it'll give you like most recent like 20. Yeah, I've done that, but I wanted to know, could I do the whole thing without downloading it? But you have to download it. Well, you can hit show more, but then it only shows you like 20 at a time. Ah, okay. Yeah. Because I've been with Netflix since they were DVDs only. Yeah. So, and this, this shows because like 2008, I was DVDs only too. So it was, it's got like the DVDs that you requested. Wow. Yeah. That's why it's like, holy cow, this is, and, yeah. and then you, you can short by, you can sh- uh, sort or short if you want uh, by rating as well. So you can see your highest rated stuff. I want I think I've been with Netflix since. 2001 2001 dang yeah like they were brand new just getting off the ground like my mom i can remember my mom saying are you sure it's not a scam (laughs) like that's how long i've been with netflix yeah that is that's intense i feel like i should get some kind of like discount or something because i've been with them for a long long time yeah is there is there like a like the the company that I work for, um, the, you and you hit your ten year anniversary, uh, you get you know an award and you know it used to be you know a watch or something, but I mean it's a big deal. Uh, but then they made, they made it such a big deal that everybody kept sticking around for ten years. So they had to lower the price because they couldn't afford to do it anymore, <laughs> which, which is kind of like a victim of your own success, I guess. Right. Uh, but like I feel like Netflix should give you like, like and and because we're all like a lot of people are also that are online like wouldn't it make sense to have like a netflix like avatar badge or something yeah like that you could put on on facebook to be like you know netflix since oh one you know i know like Like, i i should i should i've been with netflix like 20 years come on i need some kind of recognition i mean that in and of itself is a longer relationships than most people have at their jobs anymore uh, certainly longer than any job and or romantic relationship I've ever had uh, by about five times. I mean, that's, that's impressive. Thank you. Thank you. I think I'm going to, I'm going to message Netflix and say, Hey, I've been with you for 20 years. I need something. I need yeah, you some- should, you should do, do it on Twitter and like tag him and see, maybe it'll become a thing. Ooh. Okay. I should do that. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I feel like at one point my parents were watching stuff on my account because there's stuff on here that I don't remember watching. Because there, you, there was a point where you didn't have separate accounts. Everybody had to share. Yeah. Now you can make like different profiles. In. Yeah, because I have never watched Breaking Bad and like Breaking Bad is on here a lot. <laughs> Maybe your parents let your brother use it. Yeah. Well, I mean, my, my folks are into like the crime shows. So oh, okay. And I know that my dad was often would have, because uh, he was a mass comp professor, would have students write papers on, you know, like certain you know, TV shows or themes or like even interpersonal communication within episodes. And then he would have to watch them to see if the guy was making stuff up. Ah, okay. That's also why he got to write off all movie tickets. Nice. Because it was, you know, it was work related. Nice. Kind of brilliant. Seriously. Man, I've watched some weird stuff. (laughs) 
All right, so this is week or episode 44, which means I'm going to get you out of your rabbit hole. Okay, good, good idea. I'm actually, I'm going to close this tab. So I, I'm not on there. <laughs> Guys, otherwise, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get distracted. It's just going to be like, Adam, Adam, come back. <laughs> I don't like, remember watching that. It's like, I watched four seasons of Charmed. I, I mean, <laughs> Charmed was a great show. Yeah, I just don't remember doing it. <sighs> I'm sure I did it. <laughs> all right so episode 44 which means you get to start yes uh so now it is time for the a side and uh as we mentioned a little bit earlier one of the cool things that has that i've noticed recently is we are starting to have sort of that game of connections where we'll mention something in an episode and then later we can call back to it and or something happens in an episode that reminds us of something else that happened. And that actually happened this week uh, in real life for me. I, I as, as Brooke, as you know, I work at a restaurant and sometimes I will overhear conversations at a table and somebody would say something that sparked a story that you had told, you know, in episode five or six, you know, a long time ago. So it's one of those things that I've always loved is kind of making those connections between seemingly disparate events um, I don't know the name of the game, but I think everybody's played it where you try to connect two actors uh, through shows that they've been in with other actors. And you're like, the, it's kind of the six degrees of seven of Kevin Bacon, but like back in high school, we'd just do it with anybody and we're like name two actors and like try to create some sort of line between the two of them. Uh, so once we start getting into doing research for the different uh, topics on the A side, that usually leads me down a you know black hole or a thought train of bouncing from one movie or television show to another and finding all sorts of connections. And last week we talked about Draft Day, the Kevin Costner film that talks about the NFL draft. And in that film, uh, Frank Langella plays the owner of the team. And of course we mentioned last week and I learned last week that Frank Langella uh, left his wife in the mid nineties and lived with Whoopi Goldberg and dated her for a while. Uh, so lots of his background that I had did not known, but another thing that I did not realize is that he played one of my favorite villains in a horrible movie in the 1980s. <laughs> so once I clicked on his IMDb last week and saw that it got me started on this week uh, and where I was going with my topic. And I probably would not be the same person I am today if not for movies on TNT and TBS and the USA Network that would play all the time. So you'd end up flipping channels and you'd see this movie and you'd catch different parts of the movie at different times. So you wouldn't ever really get to watch the whole movie all the way through. You just catch it at different times. You like start, you know, five minutes in or the next time you're an hour in. And so you'd see some of the same, same scenes over and over, but it wasn't like you were watching the full movie. You're always just kind of jumping in. I mean, one of my favorite movies, uh, you know, for that is open, um, open range with uh, Kevin Costner and uh, William Duvall. Uh, and there is a great gun battle at the end of that movie. So if I'm, you know, going along and I see the movies on, I'm going to start watching it if it's any point before that great gun battle, because it's just a really climactic ending. And I've seen the last 
you know, 15 minutes of the show or the movie probably a hundred times. And I've probably watched the whole thing all the way through maybe twice in my life. And one movie that I'm not sure that I have ever seen from opening credits to final credits straight through is the 1987 film, which starred Frank Langella as a over-the-top villain called Masters of the Universe. Masters of the Universe uh, is kind of a He-Man movie. It was loosely based off He-Man, uh, but it always felt more like a you know sort of an offshoot of he-man because if you know the he-man cartoons or you know the he-man action figures most of this place it takes place on eternia this world out in space is you know mystical land far away and masters of the universe the 1987 film starring dolph lundgren most of the movie takes place in modern America in the 1980s in a USA town. Uh, so it didn't really fit with my understanding of He-Man. So I always saw it as sort of a, you know, what if different style version, but I'd never really dug into it at all. Uh, but every time it came on, I would end up watching it over and over pretty much simply because Skeletor played by Frank Langella was outstanding. And there was a very young Courtney Cox as the lead heroine and another gentleman who I have always had a re like a weird dislike for ever since uh, I saw Star Trek Voyager and he played Lieutenant Tom Paris. And his name is Robert Duncan McNeil. He hasn't had a huge career, but for some inexplicable reason, I just like I, I dislike him. So I think I hate watch the movie because he sort of plays a buffoon in Masters of the Universe. <laughs> Like, I don't go around punching people, but I think the characters that he plays are always people I want to punch. Um, so it's like, you know, it's like that mystical universe. If there were no consequences for punching people, you would you would punch uh, Lieutenant Tom Paris. Absolutely. He's on this. So this guy just has one of those faces that uh, irks me, which is so vain and, and not okay. But, you know, I'm, I'm working through it. Uh, anyway. Most of Masters of the Universe takes place in modern America for one very simple reason, money. Uh, Masters of the Universe was promoted to uh, the studio as sort of a Star Wars-like adventure. And they would have this you know, hero that comes from outer space and they would be able to create this big blockbuster film. However, the guys that were promoting the movie and made the movie uh, didn't actually have any money to make a blockbuster. Uh, the entire film, uh, the budget was $17 million and they cut costs everywhere they could. Uh, and one of the main things that they did to do that was set most of the movie in modern America. So they didn't have to build sets for Eternia or costumes or have a lot of, uh, you know, expensive special effects, even though special effects were not great uh, in the 80s. They hardly had any, and the ones they have are really bad. Uh, they actually cut out two major characters out of the He-Man universe for the movie. Of course, there is no Battle Cat, the giant green tiger with... Uh, orange stripes in the saddle, the, the war beast that He-Man rides into battle. That's not in the movie at all. Uh, and they replace one character with a brand new character named Gwildor, 
who looks like he dropped right out of Willow because the actor, Bill, Billy Barty, who plays him, pretty much played a very similar character in Willow. Uh, in Willow, and they drop him in as a way to uh, save on money with costumes and not have any visual special effects as well. So the story comes, Dolph Lundgren, playing He-Man, gets kicked out of Eternia because Skeletor has taken over Castle Grayskull, and he gets sent to Earth, where then Skeletor sends people to come and get him. If that sounds a little familiar, this blonde superhero guy getting kicked out of his you know his uh, alien planet far away and ending up on earth and partnering with uh some humans to try to get back to his alien world uh it sounds a lot like et but it's also pretty much the exact uh plot of thor uh, the marvel mcu movie that came out and started the whole thor trilogy which will now be uh four movies in just a few years with love and thunder mm-hmm. uh, dolph lundgren uh is not nearly as charming as chris hemsworth Uh, His script also doesn't give him a lot to work with. Uh, He actually pushed for more fighting scenes in the movie because he felt more comfortable fighting than talking. Uh, He was very concerned that his Swedish accent would uh, make it hard for people to understand him. So his agent within his contract negotiated that he would be able to record his lines three different times uh, so he wouldn't be dubbed over. One of his biggest fears when he took the role is that much like Arnold Schwarzenegger, when he was younger, somebody would dub over uh, his lines and he would, uh, he felt that would be very embarrassing. So he negotiated into his contract that he got to three shots at recording everything. Turns out uh, the studio was running out of money. And so they couldn't, they actually shut down filming three days before everything was filmed. And the directors had to beg to be able to film the final battle so they could actually finish the movie. Uh, But because of that, they just went with Dolph Lundgren's original recording of the lines because they couldn't afford to re-record them. So not only was the film starring uh, Frank Langella as Skeletor, Dolph Lundgren as He-Man, Courtney Cox and Robert Duncan McNeil as the American teenagers, but everybody's favorite high school principal from the 80s Uh, James Tolkien, who was uh, the principal from Back to the Future, plays a grizzled detective who helps uh, the teenagers and He-Man and his compatriots get back to Eternia and fight off Skeletor. But the absolute gold star of the movie is Frank Langella as Skeletor. And he is often considered more of a serious actor. I mean, he was nominated for all sorts of award for Frost Nixon as playing uh, Richard Nixon. He has uh, been in a lot more serious work since. But when people ask him about his role as Skeletor, uh, most interviewers think this is going to be like, oh, this is something he doesn't want to talk about, or this is going to be embarrassing. It's like Ryan Reynolds, when he anybody asks him about Green Lantern, he pretends he wasn't in the movie. Uh, however, Franklin Jella is super proud of the role. In fact, he says he was excited to do it because at the time his son was four years old and loved playing with his He-Man and Skeletor toys and was absolutely super excited that there was a movie coming out. Aww. So Franklin Jella, yeah, I mean, what a great, a great reason for being in a film. And I can totally see I would still hold a special place in his heart. Uh, he also, much like uh, some other great actors in bad sci-fi action movies like Raul Julia in Street Fighter or Max von Sydow in uh, Flash Gordon, instead of just kind of mailing it in, they completely 
gave themselves to the role and went super over the top. Uh, Langella did a ton of ad-libbing in his lines for Skeletor and completely chews the scene. Uh, it's also one of those things where you see him and because he's in so much makeup, uh, you don't automatically realize who it is. And so it also helps that the character is just so obviously Skeletor. Uh, and I, uh, I don't know if it was, I think it was probably about seven, eight years ago, there was a British commercial where He-Man and Skeletor have like a dance-off. And I think it was for some grocery store. Uh, but it created this whole, like, maybe Skeletor is just, you know, he's trying his best and he's sort of a, you know, yes, he's evil, but he, you know, also might deep down just be a guy who's, who's trying to get his, his work done. And uh, I recently bought a book from Amazon uh, on a lark called What Would Skeletor Do? Uh, and it is a self-help book and a, a book that talks about you know, how to deal with awkward situations, but doing so as Skeletor. Uh, one, I couldn't believe it got made because how would anybody approve uh, a book about Skeletor giving self-help? But it's uh, it's quite funny. Uh, I keep it on my bedside when I can't sleep at night and uh, I'll read uh, little tips from Skeletor uh, and I'll do his voice in my head and it all, uh, definitely helps me <laughs> have a little chuckle. So, uh, and it all goes back to that original portrayal of Franklin Langella as Skeletor. Uh, the movie Masters of the Universe, uh, as I said, is was made on the cheap. Super obvious it was made on the cheap. The story is all over the place. Uh, they shoehorned it into being in modern times because they couldn't have any sets. Uh, it is very silly. Dolph Lundgren, even though he looks very athletic and he is in tons of uh, tons of action movies later in his life. He doesn't look like he has any idea what he's doing with the sword. They completely cut out the, you know, his alter ego, Prince Adam. And as a kid named Adam, that was also some, always something I loved from the cartoons and wanted to be in the movie and it wasn't there. Uh, so there are a lot of things that make Master of the Universe a horrible movie. However, uh, if you already have Showtime, I, I don't know if you want to subscribe to it like I did this week, but if you already have a showtime, you wait, hold on, uh, hold you on. Want, you added another subscription. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a free seven day trial, which I'm, I'm totally sure I won't forget to cancel. Mm-hmm. I'll remind you next week. <laughs> remind me next week. I'll be like, crap. Uh, yeah. So I signed up uh, you through uh, Hulu. You can add showtime and it's on showtime. Uh, so I rewatched it. Uh, it is truly only, you should only watch it if you want to watch Skeletor having a great time, Frank Langella doing a great job, uh, marvel at how young Courtney Cox is in the movie, uh, look for the moments when He-Man doesn't actually kill anyone in the entire film. Uh, that is one thing that I learned after reading that I watched it with this in mind. And you can tell he's only the only things that he kills are robots. They made all these robots characters because the uh, toy company wouldn't allow He-Man or any of the good guys to harm a human being or a living creature. So all of a sudden Skeletor has robots. <laughs> So He-Man and all of his guys have something to beat up because it's not a living creature. Not something that I ever noticed really before, but now when I rewatched it, I was like, holy cow. There are just like these random bots in there for the only purpose 
that he can destroy something. Uh, Frank Langella does a great job. The movie is eminently awful, uh, but watching it for just the, his performance, if you've already got Showtime, is highly worth it. Uh, and of course, He-Man, like every 80s uh, TV property or movie, uh, they've been working on relaunching it over the last few years. They have, since about 2005, they have been talking about a new He-Man movie. Uh, it's another one of those that keeps getting delayed and there's a new script here and a, another script there. Uh, the Even the cartoon has had some starts and stops of relaunching. Uh, the newest iteration is coming from Kevin Smith and Netflix, Ooh. which uh, already has had really good success with She-Ra and the Princess of Power. And so... He is writing a brand new cartoon called Masters of the Universe Revelation, which is actually going to treat the original cartoon as canon and pick up where, you know, use, pick, kind of, not pick up exactly where it left off, but pick up after that and reference things from it. Uh, and setting that up will be a four issue comic book that is coming out this summer uh, that will set the stage for the new uh, animated series. And most recently, they uh, got another, or they actually got a, there was an actor linked to play uh, He-Man who has left the film. Uh, and they also lost their supposed uh, movie date, but uh, the date for the release in, uh, in 2023. Uh, but now Mattel, much like Marvel, has started its own uh, movie studio and is taking control of its properties so in the future we should this movie uh, Hot Wheels movie uh, so we'll see if these things actually come to pass uh, I would think that if we get a He-Man movie we're going to get a She-Ra she movie but who knows um, all of these studios have started uh, trying to you know copy the uh, Marvel you know success over the last few years and it doesn't always work out uh it is interesting i found a documentary on netflix when i was looking for masters of the universe which is not on netflix but there is a documentary called the power of grayskull which actually goes all the way back to the beginning and the creation of the he-man toy line uh and it's it's a unique thing most toys uh even today most toys are inspired by something else, whether it's a book or a movie or a TV show or a cartoon. This one had the toys first and then they kind of retconned a animated series in afterwards. And it all came down to the fact that they started, uh, Mattel started creating toys for the Arnold Schwarzenegger Conan movie because they bought the rights to it only to find out that Conan was going to be R-rated and have violence and nudity. Uh, so probably shouldn't have toy toys designed for kids. Uh, so they had all the work started and they kind of created their own thing. Uh, one neat connection is He-Man was the first action figure to come with a ton of accessories. Uh, you had some with like your GI Joes and you know one or two things in the past, but He-Man really went out of their way to have accessories and weapons and things. So each action figure came with a little kit uh, within that sort of become the norm over time. But that was the first for, you know, consistently doing it with uh, toys that were specifically 
geared at the time towards boys, but they figured out that it worked because Barbie had been doing it for decades. Uh, and they finally decided to try it on the more traditional boys toys and it worked as well. Uh, so just yet another uh, instance of women doing things before men uh, that we should have probably picked up a lot sooner. Obvious. So yeah, obviously. So highly recommend the uh, Power of Grayskull documentary on Netflix. And again, if you have Showtime already, uh, go ahead and watch the Masters of the Universe uh, starring Dolph Lundgren and more importantly, Frank Langella and a very adorable Courtney Cox. All right. Uh, how much how much is the um, Showtime edition on Hulu? It's, uh, it's ten ninety nine. If you forget to uh, cancel after seven days, if you've got if you got Hulu, you just add it as an add on. Okay. So, I'm totally gonna forget. Yes, you are. <laughs> I uh, I did I did find out this week that I had been paying for a subscription service for twelve months at nineteen ninety nine a month. Uh, that was supposed to send me a record based off of my Spotify playlist each month that has never sent me anything. So there have already been a series of strongly worded emails uh, to that group, but it took me 12 months to notice I was spending 20 bucks a month for nothing. 20 bucks a month for 12 months and you never got one record. Yeah, nothing so far. And have you heard back from this company? Uh, they said they sent me emails and I said, I have received no emails. I keep everything. And, uh, so yeah, that's we're we're in negotiation. They, they said they will, uh, they can, they cannot refund me, but they could send me the records. And I'm like, well, that was kind of the point in the first place. Right. Give me my records. Yeah. Because one of the, one of the things that, and, and I'm going off tangent here, but one of the things that I've always used to love is when I was a kid, you'd hear a song on the radio and then because there was no Spotify, you would go buy the CD and then inevitably find one or two other songs on that album that you never heard on the radio that you would connect with and love. And I feel like because I do everything with Spotify now or YouTube music or Amazon music, everything's like these curated playlists. I never learned any of those deep cuts. And so I figured if somebody is sending me a record once you know once a month based on my spotify playlist i'm going to start discovering those deep cuts that i am kind of missed out on uh, however i cannot discover those if they don't send me records right 100 percent. agree with you but also kind of on me for not noticing for 12 months i agree with you on that as well but send you the records that's their job yeah, yeah send me some records so i'm gonna <laughs> like all of a sudden i'm gonna get like 12 records and then, then of course, there is the, the classic Adam uh, addendum to this. Going to have to buy a record player. Adam. <laughs> well, if you don't want the records, I have a record player. You can send them to me. I do. I do want the record player. I got other records. I just, I've, I don't have a record player, which is just so classically me. My goodness. My goodness. All right. So there you go. Is that the A side? That is the A side, yes. Okay, before we go, I want to say thank you to your um, buddies. You said you uh, met up with some friends recently and they complimented your A side, B side cassette sweatshirt. Yes, uh, I'm very excited that we're, so on Monday nights I play D&D and I've got a group of uh, eight guys that we've been playing for, I think we are on six years now, every Monday night, but we had to pause because of COVID. Uh, so we were able to restart last this Monday, uh, and it's uh, pretty exciting to be playing again. 
Uh, but I wore my sweatshirt and I didn't want to like, you know, be like, hey, what does everybody think of my sweatshirt? You know, look at my sweatshirt, new sweatshirt. But I was like, wore it and I wanted people to say stuff about it. And so I was really excited when uh, a couple of them were like, hey, that's a, that's a really cool sweatshirt. And I'm like, yeah. Uh, my, my, it's for my podcast. It's you know kind of a big deal. My uh, my 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 partner is pretty great at graphic design. You know if you want to <laughs> want to buy some, you can just uh, just go to our website. You know a side b side that squarespace that site. Not yet, but I'll let you know. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I've also decided uh, one of these days I'm just going to buy a bunch of coffee cups and stick them in in coffee shops around here and see what happens. Do it. Just like guerrilla marketing. <laughs> oh, I mean, what, what, what little coffee shop's going to turn down a free coffee cup? Seriously. Or you could just go there and use it and like accidentally leave it. I mean, what are they oh, gonna yeah. Do? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I wasn't going to ask. I was just going to like hide it amongst their dishes. <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> Um, speaking of sweatshirts and coffee mugs and t-shirts, um, if you'd like one, we'd love you to have one. You can head on over to our website, mm-hmm. aside, b-side podcast.square.site. Um, also over there, we'll have all of our sources for our stories. We'll have photos. We'll have, um, the links and there's also YouTube. Our, we always put our YouTube videos on there. Speaking of, we have a YouTube, we have Facebook, we have Instagram, we have, um, what am I missing? Twitter as well and if you uh and i i usually talk about the entertainment on the a side but i would be remiss to not mention that brooke you have a new opportunity that you are doing about entertainment news that we should link as well uh if you are interested in news and rumors about the entertainment world uh brooke has a new youtube channel that she is affiliated with affiliated with as well so check that out Yes. In one of our earlier podcasts, we talked to Sean Lindsay, who had Remnant 13, his uh, zombie uh, show. So he actually has his own production company, Lindsay Entertainment, and uh, has given me an opportunity. And it's been a lot of fun. It's been a, a learning experience because I do radio. I don't do television. So this has been quite the curveball learning for me. <laughs> I, I've seen a couple videos and I, I think you're doing well. So Thank you. Thank you. So I'm going to, um, I'm actually tomorrow, I'm not going to tell you where until next week, but I'm actually getting ready. I'm, I have an opportunity to go on vacation. So I will update you because I know like that whole travel process is kind of a big mm-hmm. new deal for people since this whole pandemic. So I'll update you on that next week too. Sounds good. So we're going to get the A side, the B side and around the world. Yes. Because we do it all here on A side, B side. And Adam's here too. <laughs> I said we do it all. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Brooke. We're almost to a year. Yeah. Can you believe it? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can, but I can't. I don't know. It's been a very weird 43 weeks in the world, in the podcast. Uh, I do like how, like, I was thinking today about my topic, and then I was like, well, we could reference this thing we mentioned from a different episode, and this thing we mentioned from a different episode, and this thing. So it's kind of cool that we've got uh, some some things we can call back to, like we're uh, the MCU. <laughs> we're dropping little, uh, what is it? Cook- not cookies. We're dropping uh, Easter eggs everywhere. Easter eggs, yeah. <laughs> What's the Easter bunny over? <laughs>
All right. So for the last couple of episodes, let's see, we talked about, we talked about the bunker boys last week. We talked about, unfortunately, the mom taking their daughter's Mm -hmm. life. What we haven't talked about in a while is a killer couple. Ooh, Bonnie and Clyde style. Oh, much. I would much rather go up against Bonnie and Clyde than these two. Yeah. Bonnie and Clyde just killed in the course of robbing banks. It wasn't because they were killers. Right. This was like a, you know, symptom. But these two stay away from them. So we're going to start off talking about the leader of the group, Alton Coleman. So Alton was born on November 6th of 1955 in Waukegan, Illinois, which is about a half an hour north of Chicago. Hmm. So Alton was the middle child of three boys and two girls. uh, Alton's oldest sibling was born when his mom was just 14 years old. So his mom worked three jobs, one of which, according to police records, was as a sex worker. So Alton lived mostly with his 73-year-old grandmother. Her name was Alma Hosea. And according to his grandmother, his mom, Mary Bates, had no interest in him whatsoever. She's actually quoted in the Chicago Tribune as saying, his grandmother is quoted as saying that his talking about his mother, she threw him away just like you throw away your garbage. Literally. Mm-hmm. Alton right. also, I know. So Alton also never met his father. So he had no idea who his father was. So after being rescued by his grandmother, Alton still had a really rocky childhood. He lived close to his mom, who was abusive, and his grandmother ran a brothel slash gambling parlor out of her home. So according to congenital disease Tumblr, Alton's grandmother Alma was a voodoo practitioner who would make Alton collect, and by collect I mean kill, Mm. animals for her rituals, along with uh, collecting dirt from cemeteries. So he's living in a brothel slash gambling house he was literally thrown away. I, I don't really, I mean, I know we all have a choice in things. I just don't see things going well for his future. And, and this is another one of those things where if like this was in a movie, someone would be like, well, this is way too, this is so unlikely. Right. Come on. This would never like, happen in real life. This would never happen. Yeah. And I'm like, no, dude, this stuff happens in real life. So Alton is collecting animals for his voodoo grandmother living in a brothel slash gambling house, which, you know, being abused and neglected. I'm sure it wasn't just his mom abusing him if he's in a brothel and there's all these strange people coming through. Yeah. Who knows what kind of nefarious individuals he's interacting with on a daily basis. Right. I mean, that's just my input, but I'm, I'm, I think it's a pretty good guess, right? I mean, I, I feel like the, the audience will accept that theorem. So Alton actually gained the nickname Pissy because he frequently wet his pants at school. Hmm. It's a horrible nickname, but also very descriptive. 
<laughs> he was constantly bullied at school. So that was another reason that led to his, you know, on top of everything else, he's bullied at school. So all of this contributed to his pants wetting, which led to the nickname. So Alton drops out of school by middle school and quickly became well-known to law enforcement. His first arrest was for breaking windows in a housing project. His new life as a troublemaker earned him a new nickname. So he put Pissy away and became Big Al. Big Al always carried a knife and had quite a quick temper. In 1973, Alton was charged with robbery, kidnapping, and the rape of an elder, elderly woman in Waukegan. He plea bargained and received a sentence of two to six years. He served his time at Joliet State Prison. He served two years there. So Alton, like a lot of people, you know, some people learn their lesson. Quite a few don't once they get into the system. So he didn't really learn his lesson and he didn't care because his rape robbery spree continues. It should also be noted that Alton was also accused of molesting his fellow inmates at Joliet. Yikes. So in the early 1980s, Alton was arrested multiple times. Two cases were dismissed with Alton pleading to lesser charges and he was acquitted in two because he convinced the jury that the sex that he had in these situations was consensual. Now you got to think back in the eighties, it's still really hard to have women come forward with rape because, you know, it's just not taken as seriously as it should be, but it is taken more seriously these days than it ever has been before. It was easy for a man to be like, that was my girl. We were in a relationship. And then people are like, okay. As if that couldn't happen within a relationship, which is true. You know, very true. Luckily, something we've, as a society, have at least grown past that naive assumption. Right. So the 1980s were a busy time for Alton. You see, first he married a young girl, but after six months, she left. Police in tow while she packed up her items. She said he was obsessed with bondage, young girls, and violent sex. She couldn't take it. In 1983, Alton was charged with taking liberties with his niece, a child, but the charges were dropped when her mother changed her story, claiming the accusations were false. I'm, I'm assuming there was no intimidation there whatsoever, right? Not at all. I, that, that's hard to believe. I'm sure it was just a, oops, I said the wrong thing. Right. Yeah. So soon mm. after this, Alton was out on parole, skipped bail with his new 21-year-old girlfriend, Deborah. Deborah was one of 11 children and a high school dropout. Um, and she was considered borderline intellectually disabled. She suffered a head trauma as a child and was diagnosed with dependent personality disorder making her ripe pickings for Alton. The right. couple fled Waukegan and ended up in Gary, Indiana. So Alton had become friends with a woman named Juanita Wheat. And on May 29th of 1984, he abducted her daughter, Vernita. 
So Vernita actually had permission to go with Deborah and Alton to retrieve a stereo for Juanita. They took Vernita to Illinois. Vernita's badly decomposed body was discovered less than a month later on June 19th in an abandoned building four blocks from Alton's grandmother's apartment. She had been raped and strangled to death. It was Juanita that was able to pick out Alton's photo in a, in a photo lineup. On May 31st of 1984, now mind you, this is kind of in between the, the time that he has kidnapped Bernita and the time that she's found. Mm -hmm. So on May 31st of 1984, Alton became friends with Robert Carpenter. And after spending the night at his home, Alton borrowed Robert's car to go to the store. But you know that old saying, dad's going out for milk and never comes home. Alton, Alton took the car to the store and never came back. <laughs> what, a, what a different time that you would become friends with somebody like that quick. Let him stay at your house and borrow your car. I know. Like, I, I feel like today that, that like you'd have to leave like two forms of ID and... <laughs> I'm gonna, need, I'm gonna need like you to put a tracker on. I'm gonna be able to track your your location on my phone. And, I need the deed to your home. Something. Like, that's just, uh, or just like, hey, I don't know you. You can't stay over. Right. There's an Airbnb or somewhere. Why don't you just get an Uber? <laughs> so on June 18th of 1984, yeah. Alton and Deborah kidnapped seven-year-old Tamika Turks and her nine-year-old aunt Annie while the girls were walking near their home in Gary, Indiana. The girls were sexually assaulted in a secluded wooded area. When Tamika screamed, Alton, unfortunately, became even more violent, covering her mouth and then violently stomping on her face and chest before raping and strangling her. Then Alton brutally beat and raped Annie while Deborah held her down. He then strangled Annie and left her for dead. Fortunately, Annie had only blacked out. When she came to, she was able to stumble out of the woods and she was discovered by someone who took her to the hospital. On June 19th of 1984, Tamika Turk's partially decomposed body was discovered. The girl's grandmother, unable to cope, unfortunately took her own life hmm. on that same day denise williams 25 from gary indiana disappeared she was last seen with a nice couple from boston hmm. on june 24th of 1984 deborah and alton attacked a woman in detroit at knife point demanding that she drive them to ohio this smart woman intentionally crashed her vehicle and then fled on foot. That's really smart. I mean, that's really smart. The stolen 1976 vehicle was found abandoned in an alley in Southwest Detroit. On June 28th of 1984, Alton and, Denise, Alton and Denise broke into the home of 62 year old, Paul, 62 year old Palmer Jones of Dearborn Heights, Michigan now, mind you, we're in another state. 
Dearborn, uh, Dearborn Heights, Michigan, and his wife, Maggie. Mm. The couple were beaten severely with a club. The phone cord ripped from the wall and $86 was stolen along with their car. On June 30th of 1984, Alton and Denise carjacked two men, one of whom was disabled, who they threw out of the vehicle while it was in motion. The other was released. That's not even easy to do. I don't... How? I know. (sighs) So on July 2nd of 1984, another unfortunate couple in Detroit was attacked in their home, beaten severely with a pipe, all while Alton babbled incoherently about, quote, how Blacks were forcing him to kill Blacks. Alton, as was his MO, robbed the couple and stole $100, which today would be 250 bucks. So Alton and Deborah then travel to Toledo, Ohio, where they find another couple and assault them in their home, handcuffing and beating them before stealing their car. Alton and Deborah then go to a bar in Toledo and try to abduct one of the patrons when a bartender steps in and ends up exchanging gunshots with Alton. Jeez. Right? So on July 5th, the couple befriend another woman named Virginia Temple. Virginia is a single mom with several children. It was after Virginia wasn't heard from for a while, her relatives went to her house to check on her and found her young children home alone and terrified. Virginia and her oldest, nine-year-old Rochelle, had been raped and strangled and left in a crawl space. The same morning as the Temple murders, the pair break into the home of Frank and Dorothy Duvendak, who they bound up with cut up electrical cords they stole money and the couple's car dorothy's watch was apparently stolen as well i know i well i guess i gotta get around so so dorothy's watch was apparently stolen too because it was found under another victim So after their encounter with the Duvendaks, the pair end up in Dayton at the home of Reverend Mallard Gay and his wife, Catherine. There's something about them with couples. Yeah. So the two, because, and I'm sure this probably played into it, playing on the fact that this person was a reverend, the, the couple stay at the house of the gays overnight. And they even attend church service with them on July 9th before the gays drop them off in Cincinnati. Okay, so here's my thing. For people that keep stealing cars, they sure need a lot of rides. Mm -hmm. So July 12th, 15-year-old Tawny Stoney from Cincinnati disappears. Her body is discovered eight days later on July 20th 
a bracelet that had been taken from the temple house was found under Tani. Also on July 12th, the FBI add Alton to its 10 most wanted list as a special edition. He's number 11. Alton was only the 10th person since the list's inception in 1950 to receive such a prestigious honor. So just before Tani went missing, the body of Donna Williams was discovered and she had been strangled with a pair of pantyhose. So around July 14th, the the pair bicycle, because like I said, how do they steal so many cars and still need rides? And you know that bicycle was stolen. You know it was. Some poor little kid, they knocked him off the bike. So the pair bicycle to Norwood, Ohio, and end up at the home of Marlene and Henry Walters under the pretense of inquiring about a camper that was in Walters' yard. So Henry goes to find the title for the camper, and Marlene goes to get the pair some lemonade, being a sweet hostess. Alton follows Marlene, hits her with a wooden candlestick to disable her. He then rapes and beats her to death. When Harry returns, he's also beaten, but unbeknownst to Alton, he will survive. Unfortunately, he does have brain damage, but he will be able to, spoiler alert, testify later. Thank goodness. So Alton and Deborah stole money, jewelry, shoes, and the Walters Red Plymouth Reliant. They mm-hmm. also, wait, get this. They also steal two bicycles, clothing, and shoes that did not belong to the Walters um, were found in their home. Marlene is the first white murder victim of the pair. On July 16th, the Plymouth was found abandoned in Kentucky. If you've been keeping track, we are now up to six states. We started in Wisconsin, moved to Illinois, then to Indiana, to Michigan, Ohio, and now Kentucky. The pair kidnapped Lexington poli-sci professor Oline Carmichael Jr., Poor O-Line was walking to his car when they abducted him and drove back to Ohio with him in the trunk. On July 17th, they abandoned the vehicle and O-Line in Dayton. O-Line, fortunately, was found and rescued by authorities. Alton and Deborah then returned to the home of Reverend and Mrs. Gay. And do you think they thanked them for their hospitality? Probably not. No, no, nope. They beat them. Reverend Gay asks Alton, why do you want to do us like this? To which Alton replied, I'm not going to kill you, but we generally kill them where we go. The pair then steals the couple's station wagon and heads to Evanston, Illinois. Along the way, they switch cars and they steal one in Indianapolis, killing the car's owner, Eugene Scott. Poor Eugene, 
Um, there are conflicting reports about Eugene's age. He was in his 70s. Some reports say 75, some say 77, some say 79. The point is, Eugene was in his 70s. They stole his car and they killed him. Poor Eugene was actually found in a ditch in Zionville. His hands had been slashed with a knife and he'd been shot four times in the head with a 38 caliber handgun. So this is like the first time they've they've escalated their weapons. Mm-hmm. So on July 19th, the decomposing partially nude body of Tawny's story was found. That poor sweet child had been raped and Tawny had also been shot in the head twice. So now authorities have an idea of who is committing these crimes. And Alton's grandmother, who is in Waukegan, issues a taped appeal. Alton, please, I'm quoting, Alton, please, in Jesus Christ's name, for God's sake, give yourself up so you can go and get well. Please, you're killing me. I'm worried to death. On July 20th, while in Evanston, the pair were walking down the street when a car driven by someone from Alton's childhood, uh, child neighborhood, happened to pass them and recognized them. The man immediately pulls into a gas station because there weren't cell phones back in the 80s, kids. Right. And calls the police, informing them that the couple was in town. So the police then discover through some investigation that the couple was at a nearby park watching a basketball game. Nothing like a good old pickup game of, uh, you know, basketball to distract you, you know, from all the killing. Do you think he was like yeah, waiting? You, know, you, you, need, you need some downtime. Right. Do you think he was waiting to like, be like, come on, man, I'm a killer on the court. Okay. I'm sorry. That was bad. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. The pair were then, the police come upon them in the park. The pair are arrested and taken into custody without a fight. A 38 caliber snub nose rece- uh, revolver was found on Deborah. Two bloodstained knives were also found on the couple. They also found a shopping bag full of t-shirts and caps. They had changed caps and t-shirts every three to four blocks as they walked. So they wouldn't be recognized. They were taken overkill, don't you think? <laughs> and it didn't even work. Fortunately, it didn't work. So the pairs taken to the Evanston, Evanston police station where they were ID'd by their fingerprints. Finally, their seven week reign of terror ends. So authorities suspected the couple of at least eight murders over six states, numerous abductions, sexual assaults, beatings, and thefts, which include local and federal offenses. Ohio was first at bat after a meeting involving all the states, all six states, all six states got together and had a meeting to decide who was going to get to get to them first. Do you know how terrible you have to be to get six different states to be like, no, I'm first. No. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors. Come on. And, and the fact that they came to an agreement when, you know, how often do states agree on anything? Well, like 
let alone crimes this big. Like everybody wants to be the first one to get him. Right. So I don't know what they, I don't know if they drew straws or like I said, rock, paper, scissors. I don't know how it was decided, but Ohio wins and they're first up at bat. Michigan was ruled out because they didn't use capital punishment. They didn't have capital punishment in Michigan. So they were like, no, no, you're out, Michigan. Get out of here. (laughs) Ohio has much harsher punishments. So U.S. Attorney Dan K. Webb said, quote, we are convinced that the prosecution can move quickly and most likely result in the swiftest imposition of the death penalty against Alton Coleman and Deborah Brown. Before the trials begin, the couple signed documents entering into a common law marriage. So now they are Mr. and Mrs. Coleman. So Ohio convicts Alton and Deborah for the rape and murder of Tawny Story in Cincinnati and Marlene Walters in Norwood, but unfortunately not for the rape and murders of Virginia and Rochelle Temple in Toledo. The pair, as a result, were sentenced to death in Ohio. The couple was also sentenced to death in Indiana for the murder of Tamika Turks, and Alton Coleman also received a death sentence in Illinois for the murder of Vernita Wheat. Alton, uh, Alton became the first person to ever receive the death sentence in three different states. I am. I guess he, if he wanted notoriety, he got it. Not the good kind though. Yeah. Not some, not a, not an award you want to win. No. So Alton, Alton's case went to the U.S. Supreme Court several times between 1985 and 2002, arguing that his conviction and sentence were unconstitutional. The judges did not agree. Alton's sentence relating to the Tawny Story case was overturned in a separate hearing. His death sentence in relation to Marlene Walters was upheld. In addition to those sentences, he also received 20 years for transporting O-Line Carmichael Jr. across a state line. During Deborah's sentencing phase in Ohio, she passed a note to the judge that said, quote, I killed the bitch and I don't give a damn. I had a lot of fun out of it. She took full responsibility for the death of Marlene Walters. Despite her confession, Alton still received the death penalty. It was an ongoing fight for 18 years, but despite this, Alton is still scheduled for, or was still scheduled for execution, which did take place on April 26th of 2002. For his last meal, he ordered a well-done filet mignon smothered with mushrooms, fried chicken breasts, a salad with French dressing, a sweet potato pie topped with whipped cream, French fries, collard greens, onion rings, cornbread, broccoli with melted cheese, biscuits and gravy, butter pecan ice cream, and a cherry Coke or butter pecan ice cream. Oh yeah, just to wash it all down. (laughs) 
the prison didn't actually have the filet. All of the other food came from the prison kitchen except um, the filet and the ice cream. On April 26th. Yeah, and then he... Hmm? Well done filet. Who gets a well done filet? <laughs> Who gets a well done filet mignon? That's just... Add that to his crimes. <laughs> so on April 26th, repeating the Lord's prayer, the Lord is my shepherd, Alton Coleman was executed by lethal injection at the Southern Ohio Correctional Facility in Lucasville. Due to how many victims and families that came, the prison had to set up a viewing venue outside of the prison to watch over closed circuit television. Reginald Wilkins, who's the director of the Ohio Department of Rehabilitation and Correction, said that Alton did not directly express remorse for the deaths, but admitted to what he's done in his own convoluted way. That's a quote. Alton is buried at the Warren Cemetery in Lake County, Illinois. Deborah, who was sentenced to death, had her sentence commuted to life by Governor Richard Celeste in 1991. In commuting her sentence, her low IQ, which is said to be between 59 to 74, and her, quote, master-slave relationship with Coleman were cited. Deborah was one of eight Ohio death row inmates, including all four of Ohio's female death row inmates, to have their sentence commuted by Governor Celeste, who was a staunch opponent of capital punishment a week before he left office. Deborah was initially really unrepentant for her crimes, but while serving behind bars, she's become extremely religious. And in 2005, she made a video apologizing to her victims. She is currently at the Dayton Correctional Institute, uh, institution serving life without the possibility of parole. Some authorities believe that the pair targeted black victims because they knew they would be they would blend better in black communities because the crimes lacked racial motive. John E. Douglas, a retired FBI profiler, if you know anything about FBI profiling, that name is so familiar to you. He wrote The Anatomy of Motive and he writes that Coleman in the middle of a vicious sexual assault went into practically an incoherent tirade about how blacks were forcing him to rape and murder other blacks as if that could somehow explain and justify his actions. That was his quote. At the scene of Tawny Story's crime, written in lipstick, Alton and Deborah left the words, I hate N words, I'm not gonna say it. Death, that's the quote. I hate N's death. Tawny was not black. That is the killer couple of Alton Coleman and Deborah Brown. And she's still in jail? She is. She's still in jail. She's still alive. She's gotta be. Like, how old is she gonna be at this point? Because, I mean, that was her sentence was commuted 30 years ago. She would be in her late. Uh, okay, so she's younger than him, and he was born in 55. Gotta be in. She's probably in her sixties. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's not that old. But there you go. 
That's uh, what was the couple in um, was Brad Pitt and uh, Jennifer? Oh, you're thinking of um, Natural Born Killers. Natural Born Killers. Yeah, Woody Harrelson and uh, Juliette Lewis. Yes, I was gonna say like Jennifer Lewis, which Jennifer Lewis is on Blackish, so no, that's definitely not her. Yeah, th- yeah, that was uh, that one was an intense film. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. This kind of gave me those vibes though, because they just were like, "Whoa, let's just go kill." Yeah, without you know, no remorse and just like, it's hard to say it's a spree when it takes seven weeks. Yeah, but fortunately, they were found. I, I just the fact that they had like a shopping bag with different caps and T-shirts, and like every three to four blocks, they're like, "All right, time to change." Time to change. Yeah. I feel like that would be more suspicious. Like changing clothes that many times. Like, I don't know. Like you're almost like cartoon leaving a trail of clothes. Well, I mean, I think they're like putting them back in the bag, but like, let's say you drive, like, let's say you, it's a smaller town and then you drive back and forth and you're like, I just saw that couple, but they were wearing something different. (laughs) You know, it's the same couple. It just seems real suspicious. Yeah. Well, again, thank goodness they did it because they got taught. They got caught eventually. But it's just like, wow, that's just weird. There you go. So that is the B side. All right. So before we go, of course, want to let you know uh, our sources are going to be on our website along with pictures, which is a side B side podcast.square.site. We also have a Facebook, a Twitter, an Instagram. And we're on the, the YouTube as well. On the YouTube. Yeah, as the kids say. <laughs> Which is on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> the World Wide Web. Sometimes you got to put www dot before, you know, <laughs> that'll get you to the right place. Um, we also have merch on our website and um, you can buy us a coffee. You can support the show that way. Support the show by buying merch, by buying us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash a side b side pod. And also head on over to Apple or subscribe on your favorite streaming service. And you can also head on over to Apple, and, you know, leave us a rating and a review and or a review. We'd greatly appreciate it. Hey, hey. You have anything else? No, no, I'm good. I thought you did a really good job. I didn't want to ruin it by talking. <laughs> <laughs> New sounder. Uh, uh, all right. There you go. That's another episode of A Side B Side Podcast. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Brooke. This is Kevin Armstrong, your host for Movie Battle. Each episode, We take two films and put a superfan of each against one another to decide which one is best. The only rule we have is that you come correct. If you're interested in being a guest on Movie Battle, please check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Adam. 
As always, thank you for listening to A-Side, B-Side podcast. If you enjoy the show, please, if you don't mind, head on over to Apple and leave us a rating or a review. And if you'd like to continue to support the podcast, you can do so by heading on over to Patreon or you can buy us a coffee, as well as buying merch on our website, asidebsidepodcast.square.site. From Adam and I at A-Side, B-Side podcast, please remember to wear your mask, social distance if you're around people that don't live in your household, and just be safe and happy. Thanks again from us here at A-Side, B-Side podcast.